Santi Shabater and In the News, the death of veteran Al Jazeera reporter and journalist Shireen Abu Akleh, shot and killed during an operation in the Janine refugee camp in the West Bank on May the 11th. And as of the time of the taping of this program, who shot Abu Akleh is still unknown. Israel saying it was likely Palestinians, the Palestinians blaming Israel. Again, the incident took place in Janine, where most of the Palestinian terrorists who carried out a slew of recent deadly attacks on Israel came from. And the IDF was searching for more terror suspects when they came under fire and returned fire. A gun battle ensued. Abu Akleh, on the scene as a member of the press, was hit. Israel expressed sorrow over her death and is conducting a thorough investigation to find the truth. Well, to discuss what happened, the investigation, and how the tragic event is being portrayed in the media and beyond, is Managing Director of the Jerusalem Post, David Brin, joining us from Jerusalem. David, thank you so much for taking the time today. My pleasure, Tisha. So, David, you wrote a piece in the Jerusalem Post just after this happened, and you write, I'm quoting you, what we know is that Al Jazeera veteran journalist Shireen Abu Akleh was killed in Janine during a shootout between IDF troops and Palestinian gunmen. How Abu Akleh died depends on how one feels about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. What do you mean by that, David? Well, in the few hours after after her death, um, it seemed like everybody on social media anyway started to uh, tweet and post information, videos, uh, anything about the incident. And those who thought that Israel was to blame, you know, basically convicted and sentenced Israel. And those that thought the Palestinians shot her posted videos, posted tweets saying, you know, Israel you know, couldn't have done it deliberately. Deliberately, they posted videos showing uh, Palestinians running down an alley, saying we shot someone, we shot someone, and use that as evidence that that they indeed killed her. And basically, it was just like a, a race to see who could, you know, who could blame who first. So that's and, what I meant and by her that. Death almost got lost in that. For sure, I mean, it was, it was a tragic death. I mean, I, 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 I just want to say condolences to her. To her friends and family. Um, she was a, a veteran journalist. A lot of people knew her in, in, uh, in the media around Jerusalem and Israel. Um, but yes, I think, uh, I have to say, especially on the Palestinian side, they, they tried to exploit it as quickly and, and as much as possible for their aims of, of demonizing Israel. And, uh, and to a great extent, they succeeded. You know, the, the headlines around the world that morning were... Uh, Al Jazeera says Israel kills journalists, you know, that's as opposed to a journalist killed in investigation going on. Right. And you mentioned social media. I mean, it was like an immediate bombardment of hate, of accusations of blame on Israel. And beyond that, uh, some tweets of note, I will just mention a member of the U.S. Congress, Rashida Tlaib, uh, writing very blatantly as if this is a fact, right? Stating as a cold, hard fact, she wrote Abu Akla was murdered by Israel, basically. Abu Akla right. was murdered. Actress Susan Sarandon uh, wrote, again, as if it is plain fact that has already been investigated when nothing of the sort has happened yet. 
stated that Abu Akleh was executed by Israeli snipers. This was a statement of fact. These are people who have many followers who have, you know, um, certainly um, a congresswoman stating uh, something as a fact is, is irresponsible to say the least. And I'll just read uh, Israel's ambassador to the U.S. Michael Herzog responded to Talib's tweet. He wrote, one would expect a member of Congress to support our call for an impartial joint Israeli-Palestinian investigation on this tragic event, which we'll talk about in a minute, David, rather than rushing to a biased conclusion, acting as the judge, jury, and executioner undermines the causes of justice and peace. How do you right. feel he, about those tweets right. that we've seen? Right. You mentioned those two, Tlaib uh, uh, and Susan Sarandon. I know Amnesty International also uh, tweeted something where they just wrote, I think, and the occupation, and they repeated it a number of times. They also pretty much convicted and sentenced Israel. Uh, I, I think uh, I think it sort of fits the narrative. I think there are people who, who, who believe in a narrative that Israel is the occupier and, and whatever happens in the area they occupy, they're to blame for. And um, Shireen's death fit right into that narrative, which is like sort of a, a colleague of mine, Seth France, wrote this sort of like a train going down the track. And this one just like passenger got on and it fit perfectly. And regardless of who is to blame for her death, Israel is guilty. That's, that's their thinking. And honestly, David, I feel like it, in the Palestinian community or among, there are many who it really won't matter at the end of the day who, whose bullet it was, because even if it ends up being a Palestinian bullet, I think the narrative will be, well, what choice did the Palestinian, you know, we were in Janine, we had to open fire on IDF soldiers. We wouldn't be in that situation if it wasn't for Israel, as you said. So I right. think regardless, this is going to be blamed on Israel, uh, you know, no, the, the truth first, is, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously it's, it's extremely important to get at the truth of what happened. Right. Certainly right. In the, world the, first, the headlines, the headlines on the first day are, are what make the impact, what make an impression. So yeah, like you said, even if there is an investigation, which the Palestinians have prevented, um, and it proves that they were to blame, it won't matter a bit in the, in the historic sense or the public opinion in a sense, because that story is going to be buried somewhere. It's not going to be uh, covered with the same intensity that, that her death was and the blame of Israel was. So it's sort of like uh, the ship has sailed, basically, as far as historically Israel will always be to blame for her death. But of course, it is you know extremely important that this investigation does happen and that certainly for Israel's relationship with the United States, who's calling on a thorough investigation, and I believe there is some cooperation happening, or at least there was an invitation to Washington to be a part of the investigation. Um, as you mentioned, the Palestinian Authority, as of now, has refused to cooperate, has refused to hand over, I believe Israel wanted the bullet to examine the bullet right. to do forensic tests and, and on the helmet as well. And that's all been refused as far as I understand. Right, right. So I think as of now, there, there is no way to determine the actual cause of their death, who, who was responsible for that, for that bullet. Um, as you mentioned, the, the, you know, Israel right away, Foreign Minister Lapid and, and Defense Minister Gantz offered the Palestinians a joint investigation and to come to the bottom of it, and they, they uh, rejected it. Um, her funeral is taking place now, I think it takes place in, in Jerusalem. Um, just initial reports, it was the, the, the largest 
outdoor funeral in, in East Jerusalem that's ever been seen, apparently, and they were having clashes with, with Israel police. Um, and it's, I don't know the details, so I really can't comment, but I know it's going to look terrible for Israel because uh, I, I just, the video I saw was, uh, you know, the police pushing back against the mourners who were carrying the casket, the casket almost falling over. I don't know the cause of that, but again, it, it's another, uh, it'll be another headline today that Israel, you know, attacks uh, uh, funeral goers. Um, and so it's an, another, another uh, incident that Israel is going to have to stand up to. And we just want to note that, yes, today was her funeral. We're taping this on Friday, May the 13th. Right. Um, and again, it is so, you know, it, it, it's a tragedy again, because mourning her death should be the focus of today. And as you said, it will become something else. And I was just reading as well that there were some, you know, 10,000 people accompanying uh, the funeral and there were riots and rocks being thrown and chants and, and flags being flown and Israeli flags being ripped down uh, near the Jaffa gate and police. But it seemed like it turned into an anti-Israel rally, it seems, but again, it's, it's too early to really comment on that. But um, yes, yes her, her death has been exploited to the maximum by, by, uh, by the Palestinians and their supporters. And, Which is, um, it is really such a shame. And as someone who works in the media, how do you navigate through these situations and try and figure out a way to portray the whole picture of what is actually happening and sort of, you know, up against this uh, portrayal of Israel in, in most of the media? How do you as a journalist, as a, as a veteran journalist in this field, right. deal with that? Um, well, I mean, I, I think probably it's trying to present the, the bigger picture. I mean, as you mentioned at the beginning, why the Israeli army was in Janine in the first place. Janine has been a hotbed of terrorism the last, for a long time, but for the last few weeks in particular, there, there have been over almost 20 Israelis who have been killed in, in terror attacks in the last couple of months. And most of the perpetrators came out of Janine. So the, the, the IDF was, was in Janine conducting an operation, which evidently was must have been very important. So that I think has to be, you have to explain those things. Um, and basically it's a war. It's a war between between Israel and the Palestinians. I mean, it, it's sometimes it's on low simmer, sometimes, you know, it, but there is a war and in war, bad things happen. Um, innocent people die, journalists die. And I think it's the reality that, that we have to, to accept. Um, the fact that this incident took place you know, and, and, and a high-profile journalist was killed, tragically killed, um, just makes it all the more terrible and makes it all the more, you know, more uh, emphasis on, on Israel being the source of all the, all, all the conflict. But I think trying to explain those, the situation in the, in the context is an important part of what a journalist should do. So um, that's what we try to do at, at the Jerusalem Post is, you know, not just get the sliver of the, actually what happened, but try to present the larger context of, how this went down and, and, and why it might have gone down and, and, and what are the possible avenues of, of how it happened. Um, and clearly, as of now, there's no, you know, there's still no, there's no results. We don't know who, the IDF has conducted preliminary, you know, uh, investigation. They've talked, they've, been, they've uh, questioned all the soldiers who were in the, in the area at the time, and they were in the area. Um, and I think they found until now that none of the soldiers had fired 
their weapons during the time that she was shot. It doesn't mean, obviously, it's not conclusive. And one of the, one of the soldiers testifying said that at that same time, there were hundreds of Palestinians were firing hundreds of bullets around that, you know, that area. So, um, again, it's, it's he said, she said at this point, and uh, we don't have an answer. And it's very tricky. As you said, Janine is, it, it, it was, it, this was a war zone situation. And you're also talking about, you know, urban warfare. It's a very tricky um, situation for the IDF to go into Janine. It's not something they choose to do that frequently. But in light of all these terror attacks that have happened over the last few weeks, um, it was a necessity. It's always a huge risk and a huge danger because, again, you're talking about being in alleyways and in between buildings, and it's it's very, very complicated. And, of course, not to diminish any loss that happens in this situation, but to get a good understanding of the situation, why the IDF was there. And, again, they the IDF shared video of Palestinians firing. You know, mm-hmm. they emphasized indiscriminately just shooting, wildly shooting, running and shooting. It's hard to, you know, seemingly likely that one of those bullets could have hit her. But again, they're really trying to examine where she was, where the IDF was, what are the possibilities and to look at it uh, realistically. And And I um, think I'd like like to interject something that, I think a lot of what you mentioned before, what uh, uh, Rashida Clyde and, 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 Susan Sarand and others have written sort of implies that that the IDF deliberately shot her and killed her, um, which you know I think the, the plausibility of that being true is is minute. I mean, anyone who knows how the army works knows knows that that the chances of that happening are very very slim. Um, she might have been hit in crossfire by the IDF, and that, that's that's a tragic accident. Um, I think it's I think it's very you know it's over over the top to to uh, claim that Israel the Israeli army deliberately targeted her and assassinated her. Absolutely, and um, you know just getting back to those tweets for a minute, it's one thing to express your opinion or how you feel about Israel, and it's another to blatantly state a fact that has no evidence, no investigative results, and as you said, to jump from. Israel is responsible because they were there and it was a gun battle to say that Israel deliberately murdered this woman is is truly it's so dangerous really to say something like that in in the already inflammatory situation that exists. Right. And I saw in the the response to my story, which was on Twitter as well, some of the responses just, you know, also just said we're we're so uh, blatantly anti-Israel and, and, and already convicting and sentencing Israel for, for the act. There was, there was no room for, to even question the possibility that something else happened besides Israel deliberately targeting or killing her. Um, Can so you share of some of those there. responses with us? Just give us an example. And were these people in Israel or outside of Israel? It's hard to say. I mean, so many, so many Twitter handles, you don't know who they are. They're not real names, you know, they're, and they're, they're avatars and they're, they're not, but it's just like, I, I can't even think of one particular, but it, it, it was, you know, calling Israel Nazis, war criminals, uh, you know, this, 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 this justifies Israel's not being in existence, uh, you know, going basically that just this incident, is, Israel is the reason for all the world's basically, just an example. 
uh, which 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 should never you should never read the talk backs to stories in tweets. <laughs> that's that's the uh, conclusion of that. That's the lesson, right. um, but it's it's tough because your piece really did not even take a side. It was just looking at how the story was sort of being taken right. and and manipulated and, and exploited. You really don't take a particular side, but just the fact that you wrote something. Right. And I think, is I mean, they see Israel as the occupier and as the occupier, they are guilty of, of, of the shooting. You know, there's not... There's no question, you know, it's, a, and, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult and possible to reason and have a, have a normal discussion or, or reasonable argument with people like that who already have their preconceived notions, like, like you, the tweets that you mentioned that, you know, that there's no other possibility that besides Israel being to blame. I want to mention uh, one response to, I think it was to the Susan Sarandon tweet from the CEO of the American Jewish Committee, David Harris, called it a blood libel. Mm-hmm. Um, he said to, you know, again, she, she, she stated Abu Akel was executed by Israeli snipers as if, you know, they were waiting, saw her and deliberately killed her, which, as you said, is, is certainly almost impossible. Almost impossible, and and just such an inflammatory, insightful statement. Right, inciting statement. Yes, yeah, and I think those. I mean, now she she has already become a symbol of uh, of the occupation, and uh, I think it will it will continue to grow. You know, just like uh, the young Gazan boy who was killed uh, during the Second Intifada. Muhammad, Muhammad uh, Al-Kabir, I think his name is. I do remember that, but he was caught in a crossfire and Israel was blamed and it's many years of investigating. And it doesn't really matter who, sh- who shot him, whether the Palestinians or Israelis, but he's a symbol of, uh, or, you know, for Palestinians ever since. And I think, I think uh, Shireen will be like that as well. And I just want to mention, um, we are taping this on Friday, and there was just a report that IDF soldiers had to go into Janine again today. And unfortunately, um, I believe he was a commander, was right. seriously injured, and he just died of his injuries. So this is this is a war zone. This is an extremely is dangerous area. No, for sure. Yeah, that's, I mean, the fact that Israel, the IDF went back into Janine, Two days after uh, after the incident with, with Shireen, shows that there there either are ticking bombs there, you know, people terrorists who are about to go off on, on missions, information that the IDF has, or, or some other you know information that that uh, makes being there urgent and and unfortunately very unfortunately resulted in the death of, of an IDF officer. Um, but um, you know, over the last couple of months, as, as I mentioned, you know, there have been a n- numerous terror attacks in Israel, and uh, almost a couple of dozen Israelis have lost their lives. And I haven't seen any outcry to the extent that uh, among amongst the world and the media and celebrities, uh, when those innocent Israelis were killed, deliberately killed, as opposed to accidentally killed, that we've seen with Shimi. Yeah, I want to read something that actually the editor of the Times of Israel, David Horowitz, wrote. 
Um, he said, getting to the bottom of what happened, be it ex exculpatory or problematic, won't alleviate Palestinian hostility, reverse closed-minded conclusions, or sweep aside myths and disinformation, but it will make a considerable, a considerable difference for those at home, abroad, in governments, and among ordinary people for whom the truth does still have a lasting value. No, he's definitely right. I mean, as I said, it may not matter that Israel will always be to blame and always be guilty for the people who hate Israel. But yes, to get to the bottom of this and find out and to punish those that were responsible, it turns out that, that uh, Israel was responsible is very important. And in any democracy, that's, that's the, the witness test, I believe. Absolutely. David, I want to just ask you, as a journalist, when you read about what happened to Shireen, um, just as a member of the press yourself, how did this impact you? Um, uh, I, I felt terrible as, as an Israeli, as a human, as a journalist, uh, as a colleague of hers, even though I never met her. Um, you know, it, it's, it's always tragic when, when a journalist gets killed. I know in, in the Russia-Ukraine war, there have been a number of, of journalists who have died. Um, you know, it's, I have not been in war zones very much myself as, as a journalist here, but um, I know that there are journalists who go in day in, day out into, a, into the West Bank, into areas where you know, there are potential clashes between the IDF and the Palestinians. And uh, it, it's, it, it, you know, they're, they're very brave. It's, it's part, of, part of their job. And um, it's always horrible when something like this happens. And you know, it's, my heart goes out to her and her family. I want to read one more thing that you wrote um, that you mentioned in your piece before I let you go. You mentioned taking the advice of Israel's former ambassador to South Africa, Arthur Lank, who tweeted, I have no idea who killed Al Jazeera journalist Shireen Abu Akleh. You don't either. Let's find a real independent quick investigation to avoid her tragic death becoming another source of conflict and all commit to respecting findings. And you write, that would be the most appropriate memorial to a journalist who was killed doing her job. Unfortunately, the manic taking of sides between supporters of the Palestinians and of Israel has made the circumstances of her death more important than her memory. Right, and as we've seen today, unfortunately with her funeral, that, that uh, scenario is playing out again. Um, as opposed to burying her in dignity, it, it turned into a riot and uh, more clashes between Israel and the Palestinians. Um, so and unfortunately, that seems to be the reality here. And it doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. Um, um, we can only hope that we get to the bottom, again, but when we get to the bottom of this, it's really not gonna make a difference because you know it's it's, pretty much has been framed as uh, her being killed by Israel. And that's the way that we perceived, you know, as, as this conflict keeps on going down the tracks. And at the same time, as you mentioned, the truth is important. It is certainly important, um, you know, for U.S.-Israel relations, for world opinion. And as you said, also to show that, you know, hopefully Israel was not to blame, but if it was, in this crossfire, and it was an Israeli bullet that people will be held to account that Israel conducts itself as a democratic society with rules and laws, and that there is this thorough investigation that is being conducted. 
Perhaps the Palestinians will cooperate. Can the truth be found without the cooperation of the Palestinian Authority at this point, do you think? Or is that going to be a really a difficult thing to to get past, not having the actual bullet, not having the helmet? What do you think? Right. I, I think it will be very difficult. I mean, I think, as I said, the IDF can conduct its own investigation of all the troops that were there, the whole, you know, their, their, where they were stationed, what they were doing, checking their, their uh, magazines, bullet-wise. But I don't think the world will, will uh, accept that as, as their final conclusions if Israel says, no, we weren't to blame, unless the Palestinians are involved in it too. And it seems like they have no interest in coming in, in uh, finding the truth out about what happened here this week. David, I hope we do get to the truth, and I truly thank you for giving us your time and your insight today. David Brin is managing direct managing editor, excuse me, of the Jerusalem Post. Thank you so much, David. Be well. My pleasure. Take care. Nice to see you. And thank you, as always, to our director, Sloan Copeland, managing director, Dara Golub, technical manager, Michael Paley, transmissions manager, John McDevitt, and to our producer, Carol Lilienthal. And thank you for watching in the news.